What's going on, Trophy Kids? It is our breakdown episode. I hopped on here late at night. It was like 1 o'clock when I started recording this um, in the morning on Friday, Saturday morning, I guess, technically. Uh, just to give a quick breakdown of USC 261. Hope you enjoy it. Let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is fight weekend, baby. Back for another Trophy Kids Breakdown, UFC 261. If you're new to this, every once in a while, as your host, Nate, I'll hop on here, talk a little UFC. Couldn't get Michael on today to talk, um, mainly because it's 1 a.m. in the morning. It's Saturday. Um, we've been working. Got a good workout in today. Watched Mortal Kombat. I mean, the what we described in the pod, if you listen to Friday's pod, it's exactly how it was. Um, and then we got UFC 261 here. I mean, it's a fight weekend. It's an awesome weekend. I had to hop on here, give a little breakdown of what I think the UFC 261 is going to look like here. Very excited for this card. Um, for you, those of you who are new to us, welcome. I hope you stick around. You join the Trophy Kids movement. we got a lot of good stuff coming out here. Um, for those of you who are not new to us, you know, every once in a while I hop on and do these things. You know, I've been a guy who's been watching this since I was 10 years old. Early days of the UFC, back in like 2005. Um, Tito, Tito Ortiz versus uh, Randy Couture, like one of my first pay-per-views. How I got a hold of that, another story for another day. Um, but want to come on, break down this fight card because this is awesome. I mean, we're looking at a five-course meal here. This is going to be a great fight card for those of you who are maybe casual fans or fans who maybe are a little less casual check in every once in a while want to know should I buy this card should I not buy this card this is a buy um, for those of us who are more kind of in the in the bowels of MMA um, I'm not gonna say I'm in the bowels of it I'm not you know Joe Rogan up here um, but are, are much more kind of involved this card I mean Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal are the, the top billing on this card but that isn't the best fight on this card. Not even close, in my opinion. Uh, you know you know if you know. Um, and we're going to talk about it here in a minute. But this is this is a hell of a card. We have three belts on the line, two in the women's division. And I'm going to say right now, if you're somebody who thinks, who gets turned off by the women's division, because there are those fans out there, you're idiots, first of all. Second of all, the fighting that's about to happen this weekend, here in the next couple hours is such insane high level fighting by these women it is a work of art um these two fights that we're going to see later on are the best fights on the card the best fight on the card is the co-made event um and we'll talk about it here but just kicking off start off the bat anthony smith jimmy crutt i mean that's your that's your palate cleanser that's to get the night going it's a great fight to get the night going excited about that the next fight though is the one I want to start with and talk about. Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. This fight, I'm ecstatic for. I'm ecstatic for for two reasons. First, for the casual fans who, if you're looking for a guy, you know, you go to work the next day, next week, and you're thinking, I gotta, I want to kind of spit out something, uh, an up-and-coming name, maybe that another casual fan might not be aware of if they didn't buy this fight or whatever. Uriah Hall is that name. Now, for a lot of us, he, he's not... An unfamiliar name. This is a guy, though, that I think has the the spotlight is there for him to just explode on the scene. Uriah Hall is an insane potential talent lurking around in the middleweight division. He is a guy who, unfortunately, 
mostly for mental reason. I think he would be very honest in saying that. Um, he's got all the physical attributes. He's got insane power. He is electric on his feet. The things he does in the cage are phenomenal. He has, I'm not going to say unlimited potential, but damn near close to that, athletically, physically, um, technique-wise. The problem is that mental game. He doesn't have that kind of killer instinct 24-7 that you want to see in the cage from a guy who is going to contend against the style benders of the world, which I do think his fight style, his what he can do in the cage, his ability, raw ability, could push him and, and make a real fight there. But it's that mental game. You know, which haul are we going to get? And I think we finally have started to see in his last couple fights a guy who can really make a push here. And he's going up against Chris Weidman, which is a rematch from way back in the day before these guys were on the UFC circuit. Um, it was actually the fight that got Chris Weidman into the UFC. He beat Hall uh, in a fight in New York. And then Chris Weidman's a guy, you know, he's been to the mountaintop. He's beaten some legends like Anderson Silva to win the belt. And then he held on to that belt for a little bit. But he is a guy who has fallen off that mountaintop and is a great guy, great fighter, family man, had a hell of a wrestling career in college, all-American wrestler. It's that, I think, in my mind when I look at this fight, when I think about this fight, to me it's that, you can't say up-and-coming because your eye hall has been around for a while, but kind of that guy who is on the up-and-up. And then against that guy who's kind of plateaued and is probably on the way down, unfortunately. And I think this is the fight where Hall's career starts to really take off in the eyes of mainstream media. I think with the amount of eyeballs that is going to be on this ticket, the big, one of the big takeaways, and it's going to get lost in a little bit in the shuffle because the top of this card is just so heavy and so good. But Uriah Hall, I think, has got this chance to explode here, and I hope he does because he's he's a fighter that I am so excited about, um, and he brings such an insane flavor to the game. If you love kind of not that slow, it's just explosion. It's an in, it's an explosive fight style that he brings. It's the best way I can describe it. Um, he's insane. So I like Hall here. I'm picking Hall to win this fight. I'm picking Jimmy Crutt too. Actually, I'm. Mm, I'm going to tweet out my pick on the light heavyweight with Anthony Smith and Jimmy Crutt. We kind of just glossed over it. I don't know where I feel on that one yet. But we're going to go Uriah Hall. Chris Weidman, we're going Uriah Hall on that one. Then we kick it off with the women flyweight division. Title bout, Valentin Shershenko versus Jessica Andrea. I'm not going to spend much time on this fight. I honestly do not believe this is going to be much of a fight. Valentina is such an insanely dominant fighter. Like, everybody in the world knows Amanda Nunes is the greatest fighter the women's division has ever seen. Arguably the greatest fighter ever in just pure dominance. I mean, just absolute dominance. But she dominates the heavier divisions, where Valentina dominates the flyweight division. I mean, she is. She's insane. And this fight, though... The only chance here is getting it to the ground. But that is so hard with Valentina because her her ability to keep you at a distance, for you to try to close that distance is so hard because of just what she can do on her feet, her spinning back kicks, her striking capabilities, her takedown defense at times. I mean, she is she's a problem at flyweight. You know, she's she it's been a couple of years, I want to say what? 2016 was the last time she fought Amanda Nunes and they fought at Bantamweight 2017 2017 sorry um first fight went Amanda Nunes's way in 2016 
2017 fight, that was a close one. And so the conversation is there. You know, will will she go up and fight Amanda Nunes? Will Amanda Nunes even take that fight? Because Valentino is a she's a problem. She's a nightmare at that spot. Um I like like I said, I don't think this is gonna be much of a fight. Valentino's just so dominant flyweight. I mean, Andrea's got a lot of power. She is great on the ground. She has great takedowns. I mean, she, she'll she flip you in the air and drop you on your head real quick if she can close that distance. But that problem is I just, in this fight, I just don't see her ability to close that distance. I just, I don't. Um, and, you know, it's the fight game. Everybody has a puncher's chance. Everybody's got a chance um, to do something special. And, you know, if Valentina slacks off here, she could get caught. Like, that. that's really what I think would happen is if she slacks off, she doesn't take this seriously, she could easily get caught here. But she is just so dominant. And if you haven't watched a fight with her, it's one of the main reasons, like, these ne- this, this fight and the next fight, you should buy because it is such high level. I mean, there's levels to this shit, and it's just the domination. It's insane. It's it's something you have to lay eyeballs on to see. Um, so I hope I hope you buy the fight, but she's my pick there. And then my favorite fight of the night, the one that I am ecstatic about, that I, I can't wait. This is the best fight of the night. It is your main course. Like Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal, which we'll talk about here in a moment, that's really kind of dessert for me. Like, Way Lee versus Rose. I was trying to think of the best way to describe this fight. To try to be a little different. And it's it's the Bull versus the Matador. And what do I mean by that? I mean, Wei Lee brings such insane power. She brings a nature of not backing down. Of just continuing to move forward. Insane high-level striking. And her ability to continue to take shots. Sort of like a bull can take some pricks from a matador. Just absolutely takes them. And she will catch you with insane power. She's an absolute warrior. From the moment she stepped on that canvas, you could tell, holy shit, this girl is for real. Like the moment she stepped on that canvas... In her first fight, I thought to myself, this girl's going to be something special. Watch her. And it's it's raw power. It's insane striking. She's done a phenomenal job, um, according to kind of her trainers and everything else, in improving her ground game. She's brought in high-level jiu-jitsu coaches. Because she hasn't fought in a year. Like, that's going to be the concern for her. She hasn't fought in a year. She's had a layoff in the year. She is the champ right now. She's defended that title. Um, she had... Arguably one of the greatest fights ever against Joanna last year. I mean, that is a Hall of Fame fight. If you haven't watched that, go back and watch that fight. And it will get you psyched. I mean, jacked to the tits on how awesome this fight's going to be. One of the greatest fights ever, her last fight. In the history of the UFC. Men's, women's, doesn't matter. One of the greatest fights I've ever seen. And she brings such raw power. And then there's Rose, who also brings power. Like, don't, don't get... Don't get it twisted here. Rose is a former champion. She didn't handle it mentally well. She's owned up to that. But she is, she's poetry in motion. She is an art to it, like a matador. She, she's so good at dissecting her fight at her opponents and 
picking apart their weaknesses. And she does such a great job of sliding to the side and avoiding strikes or flipping it on you and bringing her down or whatever it needs to be done. And this is a woman who's been fighting since she was five years old. Like she got started with Taekwondo when she was five. She's been in every type of fighting camp, um, you know, jujitsu, kickboxing, everything. You know, she's grown up fighting since she was five years old. Um, and she is such an insane, like, it's just so fluid and it's so natural. And it is, it's a work of art. It, it, she's those fighters, like, when I was younger, and you know, the UFC had such a bad rap because it was just like this brute kind of blood sport. But I would always say there's like a real art to that. And GSP was kind of the one that really I first kind of fell in love with, like, this martial arts kind of art form um and it's more than just about fighting and it's 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 an insanely beautiful sport when done right and that's sort of what you get with rose like when you watch her fight and her style it's controlled chaos in a way um you never know what's going to happen she is so creative and it's so fluid it's amazing to watch. And this fight, this is the best fight on the card. Like, you know if you know. Like, everybody who's in the know will tell you this is the best fight on the card. Period. Best fight. On paper, everything. Like, this is something I'm so excited about. Um, these are two fighters, too, who do not back down. Like, they are not, they are not going to present, they're not going to present a bad, boring fight. Like, that, that's not in their DNA. That's not who they are. Um, they're going to bang it out. And that is what makes this so exciting. I am so happy for this fight. It's it's by far the best fight. Like, this alone is almost worth the pay-per-view buy. And then on top of that, you get Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal. Let's spend a little time here. You know, we're just doing a quick hitter on this tonight. Like I said, it's 1.22 in the morning here um, in Cincinnati. Just busting this out late at night. Um, Kamaru Usman, Jorge Masvidal. I've had mixed feelings on this fight. You know, um, oh, we'll start with Usman, who is by far one of my favorite fighters. I have been saying long before he was champ that he had the potential to be the most dominant fighter the UFC's ever ever seen, bar none. Like that is what I believed when I watched him fighting coming up. And this guy's ceiling is the most dominant fighter we've ever seen, and he has delivered on that full stop. I mean, this guy is a nightmare. He is a problem in the cage. He's an absolute savage in there. Like, this man, you know, it is, when he when you look at his championship fights, you know, the first one against Woodley, you know, going into that fight, Kamara Usman wrestled D2. Tyron Woodley wrestled D1. He's an All-American, Big 12 champion at Missouri. And he, you know, the narrative going into that fight was there's levels to this shit. And there is. There's levels to every wrestling, jujitsu, everything. There are levels. Like, you could be an all-time great. And then you've got, like, you've got the Khabibs of the world who are just on, like, a godly level. Um, Like, you can be an Olympic wrestler, a gold medalist wrestler, and still not be as good as Khabib type of thing. Um, and Woodley put himself up there, rightfully so, as one of the top guys on the ground. He was just telling Usman, like, you're not on my level. Like, this is, there's level. You, you wrestled D2. I wrestled D1. Like, I'm the champ. I'm one of the best welterweights of all time, which Woodley is one of the greatest welterweights of all time. You can't take that away from him, even though he's been on a slide right now, and his career is probably done, in my opinion. 
all-time great. And you know what Usman did? He said, fine, I'm going to show you. There are, you're right. There are levels to this. And he absolutely suffocated him on the ground. He absolutely outgrappled him, outwrestled him, just dominating him there. Then you get the Colby Covington fight. You say I'm a boring fighter, which he, you know he got a rap for. Stood up on his feet, broke his jaw, broke his jaw, striking him. You had the Gilbert fight just recently. Phenomenal striking. The Jorge Masvidal fight, the first one, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the best, but once again, dominated him. I mean, he just dominates his, his opponents. He's like that vacuum seal. Like, he just sucks the oxygen out of you. He'll, he has an insane gas tank. It's the best gas tank potentially in all of MMA. I don't know if I've seen a guy with a better gas tank than him. He doesn't seem to get tired. He takes. He has an insane chin, which is something I forgot to mention with Wei Li. One of the best chins I've seen just can take an absolute... I mean, just you think the woman thinks she starches her and she just keeps coming. The same thing with Usman. There are dudes who have thrown punches at him thinking, oh, I just starched this motherfucker and he doesn't go down and he just keeps coming forward. Um, and it might take him a little bit to get going. You know, we've seen this in fights with Usman where he takes a minute to get going, which is where Masvidal sort of has the edge here if we're going to we're gonna play devil's advocate. I think Usman wins this fight. I'm, a, I'm big on the favorites this week, which is always not a good way. First of all, I hate betting in the UFC because it's just it's the worst sport risk reward value unless you know like the underdog shouldn't really be the like the odds are just so much more favored to them and you're like man this dude could easily knock him out um but Usman is just like I said I think he's gonna be the most dominant fight when all when it's all said and done I think we're gonna be talking about Kamara Usman is the most dominant fighter the UFC's ever seen when his career's over that's that's where I think this guy's headed and he just, he does, there's no, there's no weakness in his game right now. There's just no weakness in his game. And then you have Jorge Masvidal, who is maybe his kryptonite because, you know, if we're going to play devil's advocate here, we're going to make the argument for Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal loves violence. He's very upfront about that. He loves violence. He loves chaos. He loves pushing the fight. He loves fighting. And that is something that is endearing to so many fight fans, including myself, like, that's what makes Nate uh, Nate Diaz and the Diaz brothers all-time greats. Even though, like, you look at their records, you wouldn't say that. But, like, these dudes just love to fucking fight. They'll take any fight, anywhere, anytime. Does not matter. Sign them up. Let's go. Jorge Masvidal took six-day notice when he fought Usman last time. Which he had been training, you know. Dustin Poirier came out and said he'd, he'd been training. He brought in wrestlers. Like, yeah, he didn't get a full fight camp, but he he was training. Usman had a broken nose. You know, there were some things there, but he still took it on six days' notice, flew to Abu Dhabi. Let's go bang this out. Um, and he, lo- he, he, is, he loves chaos. He loves to push the fight. He does not back down. That's the thing. He's explosive. He's got huge missiles in his hands. I mean, he can just starch a dude. And that is dangerous. Now, is it dangerous for Kamaru Usman? We'll see. I mean... It, Jorge Masvidal creates a problem because you just you don't know necessarily how to control him until you can get him to the cage or on the ground, and that that's what Usman I think strategy is going to be. Maybe he's going to stand up with him and go to the middle of the cage and just bang it out with him. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to try to get him up against the cage. He's going to grapple with him. He's going to try to suffocate him and suck the oxygen out of the room and just impose his will like he does in every fight he wants to do. You know, Kamar Usman controls the fight. But Masvidal just he create he's got an edge to him that 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 can create a problem.
But like I said, Usman's a nightmare. He's an absolute problem. He's a savage. I'm going Usman here. It's just, I can't say it enough, just absolute dominance. But it's going to be a good fight. Like, Matt, like, that's the thing with, you know, these top two fights, I can make the argument probably either way, to be honest. Like, I can make the argument for Rose. I, I didn't even pick a winner there. I... Th- I'm picking Wei Lee here in that fight before. I'm sorry, I kind of bounced around a little bit here. Like I said, 1.30 in the morning, my brain's a little fried from the day. But no excuses. We're, we're grinding here at Trophy Kids. This is what we do. We put in the work to give you the content you need. I think Wei Lee wins that fight, but it's going to be, I mean, flip a coin. You know, do whatever you got to do to figure it out. You know, go blind and eeny, meeny, miny, mo it. Whatever you want to do. I think either one's a good bet. Take whoever's the underdog, uh, which I think Rose is. I haven't even checked the betting lines yet. Um, because that could go... I could make the argument either way there. It's such a great fight. And then Usman, Jorge Masvidal, I would not bet this. I bet you the odds are trash. Let's look them up right now, actually. Uh, I got a Google machine in front of me. Why not just look it up? But it probably makes no sense. I mean, you might as well just throw some some money on if you wanted to bet it. You know, I'd bet Masvidal. I would not expect necessarily to win that bet, but just from an odd standpoint, it's probably the only thing that's going to make sense. Um, let's see what we got here. This is great podcasting, too, by the way, right now. All right. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? So, we're in the prelims. Yeah, Valentin Shashenko's minus 495. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, why even bet that? I mean, it's just... I mean, she's so insane. I mean, Usman is a plus 320. Or, no, sorry, not Usman. Masvidal. Masvidal is a plus 320 to win that fight outright. I mean... Like I said, I don't think he's going to win, but... <sighs> Those are some good odds to maybe sprinkle some money there. Rose is plus 170. Whaley's minus 210. Yeah, that feels about right. Like I said, that could go either way. Once again, I don't I don't like betting the UFC. I think it's a bad a bad beat. Um, I don't think there's a lot of value there. But Maslodal, there's, there's some value there. Like I said, he's chaos, man. He loves violence. He's going to push the fight. He's going to throw his best shit. He's going to look to starch Usman in the middle of that corner. I just think Usman is just so good. And he looks almost... He's so dominant. I just he's lapping that division. And that is a division too, by the way. We need to say this right now. He's not doing this in some weak division. Usman is in a division filled with sharks. And this motherfucker is tearing through them. Absolutely tearing through them. Like that is a division full of sharks. And he's looking to lap them. Lap them. It is an insane division. They're killers in that division. And he he looks almost unbeatable. I mean, he really does. Nobody's unbeatable in the UFC, though. Everybody has their time. Kings fall all the time in the UFC. You know, it's it's the hardest sport to stay on top of. But God damn, he's so fucking good. Um, yeah, hell, that, that is tempting, though. Plus 320, Jorge Masvidal. Whew. I don't hate it. I don't hate it if you wanted to bet something. I'm just telling you right now, be okay with losing that money. But if you're going to bet it, ah. Uh, 
the value the value is good enough that the risk reward is i think it's there but i would just i'd be very okay with just being like whatever you put on that just know that you're probably losing that money but it's i wouldn't bet usman the odds are trash and you know everybody's got a puncher's chance just to begin with. Masvidal has definitely better than a puncher's chance. So I definitely wouldn't bet Usman if you're trying to bet, I guess, but which makes no sense. I know it makes no sense. You're listening to this like, Nate, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, like this makes zero sense. You know, if you know, um, from a betting perspective, the value, the risk reward proposition is just not there for the payout. Um, cause it's not a guarantee. You know, everybody's got a puncher's chance. Masvidal is a dangerous dude. He doesn't, he doesn't throw fucking pillows in those gloves. I mean, he's got he's got some fucking nuclear power behind his punches. Um and he can produce volume. I just I don't know if he's got I don't know if he's got the tank needed to go with like what Usman brings from a physical domination standpoint and just the like I said the suck the air out of the room just suffocating you to death. Um He's a problem. He's a nightmare. He's an absolute nightmare. So yeah, I go. I go Maslow. That's kind of my breakdown. It was a quick one today. I just figured I'd hop on here, give my thoughts on UFC 261. Make sure you're subscribed to Trophy Kids Podcast. We're gonna really be pumping out some great content here coming up. Um, I want to make sure you get it. We are on uh, Twitter and Instagram. There are links in the bios. Uh, Trophy Kids Pod is the handle. Make sure you're following us, especially as we get closer to football time. I mean, that's that's your moneymaker. I'm plus 60, I'm 60% in winning bets there in the NFL and college combined. That's our moneymaker. We've got some great, great content, though, coming down the line. We've got some big things we're very excited about coming down the pipeline. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you learned something new. I hope you buy this pay-per-view card because I'm telling you right now, this is one that's worth spending your money. They're, all pay-per-views are obviously not created equal, and I'm not going to come on here and tell you to buy every single one. Um, especially if you're not like a big UFC fan. If you're a big UFC fan, then you're already doing it. But if you're not a big one, obviously not. But if you're a casual fan, get some buddies together. Get get some people together that'll enjoy it. Do it COVID safely, obviously. Because um, this is one of those pay-per-views. This is like that old school, you know, when that was one of the best things, you know, having some buddies over and ordering up the big pay-per-view fight. Like this is a big pay-per-view fight. It is it's just loaded, chock full with great fights. I mean, it it kicks off with a great fight with Anthony Smith and Jimmy Crutt there. And then it from there, it just continues like rocket fuel, just shooting right up as I hit myself in the face with the mic. You didn't see that through the podcast, but if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw that. Um, and then, I mean, it's just... I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's it's going to be awesome. So I hope you buy it. hope you enjoyed it. hope you enjoyed this content. hope it gave you some good breakdown here. Um, we'll come back with some more here. And as always, peace. Peace.